BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up, so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their best ball mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today. U-Brake Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in complete wheel repair, repairing wheels from curb rash, bends, and cracks. They also specialize in refinishing from polishing, machining, and custom colors that will suit your car's needs. Lastly, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications. Contact them at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112 or at you break wheel fix on all social platforms. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years, combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters 
or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. The season is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code 5RSN and get 20% off your entire order. We made it. Simon, Chris, we made it. Uh, season's here. Actual game we get to talk about. They play the New England Patriots 425 on Sunday. Your general thoughts on this game, Simon? Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you get accused of, like all week, uh, being accused of being like glass half empty and... Um, you know, maybe I'll get a shot. I picture you. I picture you running around Twitter with a with a water gun, just hosing off dolphin fans everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like I find it really interesting. I mean, it's probably not one for now. I just find the whole um, myopia really interesting. Um, and like, you know, if anybody says anything like critical, anything negative, it's like uh, the the pearl clutching that goes on amongst the fan base. I just find extraordinary. It's like I don't know. Maybe just people are sick of losing, uh, but I, people are so oversensitive about stuff. It's like, you know, Mina Kimes mentions the word Miami, and like people are like, "Oh, well, Mina Kimes is so nasty to us," and you know, and it's just like, who, like, who cares? Like, but like I said, it's another subject, and it is game week. So, um, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, um, it'll be good to see the boys out playing i just um i just have some reservations about how successful they're going to be i think um we talked about it in midweek i think um i can easily see an own two start for the dolphins don't cry everybody it's going to be okay <laughs> um you know and i think it's a really tough test at the weekend because the patriots got an awful lot to prove coming off a seven and nine season and you know, bill, bill belichick doesn't like losing and he certainly doesn't like seeing his um his former brother in arms winning the super bowl and him not making the playoffs so um you know, that, that team is going to be fired up and Foxborough is an intimidating place to go. As crowds are going to be back for the first time in, in 18 months. You know, for, for those of us that have been there, it's a raucous place. You know, the crowd really get into it. It's a tough place to win. So um, be interesting to see how it plays out. And nobody really knows what you're expecting from the Patriots, you know. There's been a lot of talk about what the offense is going to be like and Mac Jones this and Damian Harris that and players coming back on defense. And, you know, it, it will be interesting to see. And, uh, I think it'll be a close game, but uh, I, for me personally, we'll, um, you know, I think there'll be some surprises in store, but we'll um, we'll get to predictions later on. Uh, Simon, can you guess, because this game is going head-to-head against Browns Chiefs, so it lost out. You know, most of the country will be watching the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs, which a lot of people think is a preview of the AFC Championship. I happen to think it could be too, mm. but do you know where the Dolphins Patriots are going to be broadcast only in three areas in the entire country. Do you know where? Obviously um, you could guess too. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I'd say New England and Miami. Obviously. Uh-huh. And then the third place. Um... And they made an exception because this place was supposed to get the Browns Chiefs, but they made an exception for this weekend. I mean, I have no idea. Can I just pick somewhere or just like randomly? Uh, give it I mean, a little know. bit of I- thought. I mean, it's 
10 past midnight. Where are the England. quarterbacks from? London. Hawaii? Hawaii. Alabama. Oh, Alabama. Okay. Uh, of course, right. Tuscaloosa. Of course. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, your thoughts. It, we're here. We made it. This game. Um, What are we talking about again? <laughs> what do you, your that, thoughts on the matchup overall? About the way Alabama it. rolled Miami at the weekend. Oh, oh my God. I don't want uh, that was awful. <laughs> that was that wasn't a football game. That was that's a, that, we're we're gonna ignore that one and uh and that has nothing to do with what's gonna happen with Miami New England. I mean, let's be fair, New England's at home. So um at home I would if I were and I'm I'm not a betting person, but I do pick the games against the spread pretty much every week, every game. I, there's gonna be a big theme to me of uh of home teams in week one. Um you know, winning against the spread. I I just think that the crowds ha- are going to be there for the first time in a long time, and and there's going to be a lot of energy, and and so that's that's one thing, and that's that's the thing that to to really watch out for. But otherwise, you know, heading into this game, I just think that um, there there isn't there is a bit of overrating happening of the New England Patriots out there. And I think there's a bit of underrating happening of the Miami Dolphins. I think that, yes, the, the fan base here kind of clutch their pearls anytime somebody levies a, um, a criticism of the Miami Dolphins. That's true. Um, at the same time. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I said anytime. I, I, oh, I believe phew. I said. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that I, I absolutely believe. Uh, agree with Simon on that. But at the same time, this fan base is conditioned to be scared of their own fucking shadow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this fan base, this fan, you know, at the same time that they're like, they get up in arms. If somebody levies a criticism at them, you'll ask them, okay, well, what's, what's the record going to be? And what, you know, what are they going to do in the playoffs? And and they're going to be like, Oh, you know, I I don't know, 10 and seven, (laughs) you know, something like that. 10 and seven, maybe just miss the playoffs, maybe just make the playoffs, maybe probably lose in the, in the wild card round, something, something like that. I think this fan base is um, conditioned to be fearful. And, um, and I don't think this is the year for it personally. And so I think that we're conditioned to be fearful of the new England Patriots. I think we are in a different era for that right now. And maybe we're a little slow on, on figuring that out because, you know, everybody, Peter King, everybody in the world are still, there's the Belichick magic. There's um, there's all that. And I don't know that that's happening anymore. Um, So I, you know, I think that we need to catch up with the now and uh and right now is miami a team at probably you know every every coaching you know era in a with a particular team kind of has an arc and it has you know a run-up it has a peak and then and then things fall apart i think that in all likelihood the dolphins are at their peak this year um maybe next year in fact next year i might even believe that they're not quite as good as this year um, depending on what happens. So I think that Miami's peaking. I think the new England has just gone with a rookie quarterback, uh, who is going to start the entire year. Um, you know, we talk about, are they the best, do they have the best defense or they have the, the best, most talent since 
2014, something like that. Well, yeah, they have a lot of the guys that were on that 2014 team. Uh, that doesn't mean that they were that they're the same guys now that they were then. Uh, Donta Hightower is 31 and a half, 32 years old, and uh, hasn't played football since 2019. Um, you know, Lawrence Guy is a shade of him for of his former self and won't play all that many snaps. Uh, nobody on that defensive line would start in Miami, period, full stop. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I think. This is not the same. These are not the same New England players that they were, even if they are still on the team. The guys that are on the team are not, you know, as good. And I think they're led by a rookie quarterback, and he's throwing to a guy in Nelson Aguilar who drops every third ball. And um, and I think, you know, hey, we'll we'll see. You know, it's we're all going to be strapping in and uh, and watching this game. But I would be surprised if. Um, if this is a bad loss, I would say that if this is a close loss, I'm going to chalk that up to crowd energy at home. And I think that is going to be a huge thing in week one this year. But, um, but otherwise this is a game we should win. Yeah. And as I look at the teams, I I found this really, really uh, instructive today. When I looked it up, they had a league high, eight opt-outs, eight starters opted out, of their team last year do you know how many returned this year six you know how many they cut four only two are back from last year and that's Dante Hightower and Brandon Bolden they changed about 14 of 22 starters from last season and they seem to have just gone out in free agency and just filled every single hole that they could that they could perceive to have and it's a brand new team. If you really look at it, it's a brand new team until Gilmore gets back. And then you start seeing some of those elements on defense. I think they're very good on defense. But without Stefan Gilmore, I don't know. Uh, we shall see. I don't get the Jalen Mills signing. He's going to start. He's going to see his good old friend, Devontae Parker, this Sunday. I really don't get that one. Uh, but he's going to be counted on until Stefan Gilmore returns. Jonathan Jones on the injury front is a full go. He will practice. He's been dealing with injuries all preseason. I was hoping, because I really like him. I think he's a hell of a player. I was hoping he wasn't going to play, because if he doesn't play, I was ready to predict a few things for our rookie slot receiver. But he looks like he will play. All right, let's move on. The Patriots defense versus the Miami offense, what do you think that's going to look like, Simon? I think it's going to look like blitzes, pressure. I think Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, Ronnie Perkins, Dietrich Wise, Chase Winovich. Uh, you're going to have Carl Duggar coming from deep. Adrian Phillips, obviously, who plays in the box a lot. Carl Van Noy, who obviously we know got to the quarterback a lot last season. Onto Hightower. I, I think they're going to be coming from all over the place. Uh, the issue for, for Miami is can you take advantage of that secondary? You know, JC Jackson and upper echelon corner beyond that. You know, Devin McCourty obviously is a good player. Adrian Fitz will play in the box, but I think you attack that other corner. So Joe John Williams, Jalen Mills in the slot, Jonathan Jones, who you mentioned. Uh, that to me is where the key for Miami is. You've got to highlight, target, eliminate, um, you know, those guys. You've got to take advantage when you get matchups against those guys um, because some of the defensive players they have will um, will hurt you, especially if Austin Jackson doesn't play. You know, Josh Uche against whoever it is that's going to start a left tackle is not necessarily the way that you want to kick off the season. So I think lots of pressure. 
um, which the Patriots historically have been excellent at doing. Um, and I think you're going to see um, pressure packages from all over trying to get to Tua to make him uncomfortable. Um, and it's whether or not he's got the the the, the blitz beaters to to really um, help eradicate New England's strength on defense. We shall see. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Chase Winovich, Matt Judon, Josh Uche, uh, that's a, a hell of a group. And I think they're going to be – it's interesting. If you look at their depth chart, uh, Bill Belichick is the one of the biggest bullshitters in the history of the NFL. They listed a depth chart with a 52 defense. Does anybody really think that they're just going to play a bare front all game and play, a, play five defensive linemen? But that's their depth chart. They have a lot of talent on that defense. As they get as they get healthier, they should be better. Chris, what do you think is going to happen? This with... is classic Patriots on defense, though, because mm-hmm. they're in terms of this, they're they're going to try and scheme the run closed, and and then try and and do things against the pass when you get into uh, passing situations. The question is whether Miami gets into that you know, whether Miami uh, allows them to, to get into that. The history of both Bill Belichick and Brian Flores playing each other is they both try and shorten the game up as much mm-hmm. as possible, almost like they don't even like coaching against each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, they just, they just want to get out of the stadium. Like that, that's the way they play these games. So if you're going to see that. Can I say something? Can I say something really quickly? Yeah. Chris? Doesn't that play right into Bill Belichick's hands? No, it plays it, it, it plays into our hands because if you look at the the well, I mean, it does it shouldn't play into our hands because we don't trust the offensive line and we don't trust the running backs. But hands in the way of if you're looking at the Patriots defense, because when you're looking at these guys, the the Henry Andersons, you know, um, the the Matt Judens, like you know, stuff these Lawrence guy, um, these guys, Dietrich Wise again, Josh Uchi. Um, Christian Barmore, especially Christian Bar- Barmore. These guys can rush the passer. They can, um, especially they all have different strengths at it. I think Josh Uchi uh, coming around the coming around corner on speed is uh, is definitely going to be a challenge for whoever's playing at left tackle for Miami. Um, and but on the other hand, Matt Judon, you know, was kind of really an average pass rusher in uh, in Baltimore, if you look at it, except in one respect. And he was really good on the stunt, stunting to the inside. And then Christian Barmore, if you get into real passing situations, I that's that's a guy that I would be watching out for. Christian Barmore lining up against the interior if he gets a little bit single singled up, like like watch out. That's his forte. Um, but if you don't if you don't allow yourself to get to get cornered into that, then you're going to find a, a soft Patriots front. None of these guys on the, on the interior, none of these big body defensive linemen, we're talking about the Dietrich wise, Lawrence guy, Devon Godshaw, Henry Anderson, uh, Christian Barmore, um, Carl Davis. None of them would start in Miami. And I think that they're all going to be, they're all kind of a little bit weak against the run. I think Donta Hightower, you're going to test him out on that sideline to sideline speed. Kyle Van Noy, you are going to test him out going east west or or really any way in coverage in short coverage that you can because he looked like he was playing on beach sand last year for Miami and that's why they cut him. Okay, so I think that I think that it, it plays into Miami's hands in from the Patriots defensive standpoint in that 
you know, if Brian Flores goes into the way he did before in these other games where he just wants to shorten the game and run, 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 then that will take the Patriots strength away. Now, the one thing I would also expect, though, because of all the pass rush that we were just been talking about and the, the fact that they have kind of a multifaceted pass rush uh, ability on the Patriots defense. Uh, you're going to get ready to see. This would be a great game for the old, like um, when we saw the game plans that were back in uh, with uh, Joe Philbin or even Tony Sperano, where you had like seven guys in the block. And, mm-hmm. and then you just, and then you just had three wide receivers out there doing their business against, uh, against like, you know, five DBs or something like that. Um, this would be a good game for that actually. Um, and I would watch out for it. I think that they're, they're going to hold some guys in the block and see if they can slow up that Patriots pass rush because the weak link is as Simon, you know, um, described these corners that other than JC Jackson, of course, these corners other than JC Jackson and even some of the safeties, going against some of the guys that we have that we can field out there, whether it be Devontae Parker or Jalen, uh, Jalen Waddle or, um, you know, Albert Wilson uh, or Mike Gesicki. Uh, I think that you get those guys in one-on-one situations and you buy them a little extra time with some extra protection. And that could, that could really, that could really pop something. But other, other than that, you know, Brian Flores is going to try and play a fairly boring game because that's what he seems to do against the Patriots. Um, and on the other side of the ball, Bill Belichick does the same thing, but, um, you know, so I, I, that's what I expect. It could be short, you know, speed to the finish and, you know, Miami just, just wins, you know, that's, it's, it's just a solid win. That's that sort of situation. Yeah. I don't, uh, I think uh, looking pretty is, is a massive bonus because I don't think it's something that's in the cards, not against this defense, not against that coach. Uh, one thing I, I will say, last year when they came down here, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think we can take too much of it. The only thing we could take up, take from it is it was Belichick's first approach against Tua Tonga Bailoa. And what did you make of that game plan? Because Brian Flores decided, you know, we're just going to pound the hell out of them and run the ball up and down the field, and they ran for 250 yards. And it was one of the most conservative game plans we can remember. Two or through one interception, threw for 145 yards and ran two in. What did you make of that game plan? Is that something that we could be seeing this year, Simon? Oh, I don't believe so. I, I mean, I think it will be a fairly damning indictment of what they think about Tour if that's what they do. You know, you've got to start to let the kid throw the ball. You've got these weapons now. You've got to use them. You know, it's a bit different when you have Matt Collins and Isaiah Ford and you know Frank Trumpy or whoever was the number three receiver at the time. And you know, you yeah. kind of got to you know, you've got to open it up. I mean, at that time, it's difficult to, you know, it's difficult to open up the offense when, you know, you're playing with guys who essentially would be working in McDonald's, if you know, if the Dolphins actually had proper yeah. receivers. Um, but, you know, look, who's, who's to say, given the um, ridiculous injury history of 90% of the receiving call that, you know, he's not going to be in week 10 throwing to, you know, rubbish receiver i can't even think of any you know but you know, well i mean uh, no i mean i think my Collins. yeah you know, he's never heard, he's never heard credit that. to be fair he's, he's the only one hurt. that's very very durable on, on exactly our, our exactly goal. everybody else you know i mean for the for the 20 minutes that will fuller's going to play all season um i hope we get our money's worth 
So no, I don't think the game plan will be the same. If it, if it is, I think I'll tell you an awful lot about the way that they feel about about Tua. Or they, they might be forced into it. If they can't pass protect, you know, if Tua just keeps getting you know sacked and pressured, and there's no time to set his feet, and you know, then they're going to have to look at you know ways to manipulate the offense because you know look what happened against the Bengals when he took um, not against the Bengals against the Falcons, you know when he took anything other than a three step drop, he was getting hellacious pressure you know he's getting hit every time he took anything on the three-step drop so they're gonna have to you know i'm sure it's something they've thought about um and you've got to be able to, to change things up if it's not going the way that you, you hope it's going but no i don't see that that will be the game plan yeah i think that they'll they'll try some some field side throws that are that are essentially design throws those are you try to manipulate the defense into guarding one of your guys one-on-one namely Devontae parker and just work them against Jalen Mills. And I think that's something that Tua will enjoy. He's 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 always been pretty good at doing things like that. All right, let's move on to Mac Jones, who, depending on who you listen to, is already in the Hall of Fame. He shouldn't even play it down. But the he gets to play against the Dolphin defense. And the Dolphin defense last year against the rookie quarterback and Justin Herbert had a lot of success. What do you expect? And I guess I'll go to Chris first. What do you expect the Dolphin defense what do you think their approach is going to be to Mac Jones and that Patriots offense? I mean, it, it's going to be so we, we've seen the Dolphin defense play against um, younger quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen them play against less mobile quarterbacks. Uh, there was a very pronounced trend last year uh, in terms of how the Dolphin defense would do against mobile versus, you know, pocket quarterbacks more or less pocket quarterbacks um and i think that you know the patriots chose the pocket guy and the dolphins have a little bit of a history of being able to attack those pocket guys and they do it they tend to do it relentlessly and um last year you know it was is young quarterbacks young quarterbacks like uh Gardner Minshew and wasn't it wasn't just rookies but young young quarterbacks like Gardner Minshew Justin Herbert um they were really made to struggle uh you know so I I think that um I think that we're gonna see a lot of attacking of the quarterback it's sort of similar to when we played the Rams last year we were we were never supposed to you know uh we weren't supposed to do well against them and um, and it was just Brian Flores attacking the shit out of Jared Goff. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, this is it. Like, like he had a big target on his, um, on his back and this is what he's going to do. And so I think that there's going to be some of that here, it, but the question is, will the Patriots allow that to happen? Because again, this is the two sides of this. I think that first off, I, I would not at all be surprised if Miami played, the Patriots like they did in the second game last year, very conservatively, you know, tons of run stuff like that. And nor do I think that's an indictment on Tua Tungavailoa or the, uh, the passing offense. I think it's just the opponent. Um, they won that game by the way. Uh, so I think that, um, I think that on the other side of the ball, you look at what Bill Belichick tends to do against them as well. And the fact that he's got a rookie quarterback um, starting, you know, the very first game, and, you know, it just it almost defies belief that that Bill Belichick would, you know, go with this open, open passing attack with Mac Jones at the helm, uh, potentially putting his quarterback out there to be 
to be really victimized by a, a defense run by Brian Flores and Josh Boyer. So um, I don't think they'll tend to allow it. I think there's going to be a huge dose of the ground game and, you know, just trying to situationally protect Mac Jones. But if, if they do allow any, if they do allow us any room to do so, then I expect the, the attacking, the blitzing to be absolutely relentless um, on that side of the ball. Simon, what's the question? Dolphin, I mean, Patriots offense versus the Dolphins defense, Mac Jones versus Brian Flores. Yeah, I think it will be, um, I, I think we'll be quite surprised at how much he puts the ball in the air. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are necessarily expecting that. I think, you know, speaking to a couple of people, I think Jones, to all intents and purposes, is an outstanding camp. Um, his grasp of the offense, his ability to throw the ball all over. The thing that concerned would concern me if I was a Patriot fan from watching him at Alabama was his inability to uh, not manipulate the pocket, but the, how his accuracy and his footwork and his technique seemed to disappear when he got pressure, when the pocket collapsed around him. So can the Dolphins do that? How are they going to do that? Um you know, where's that going to come from? Is that just going to have to be reliant on Emmanuel Ogba, the role that Andrew Van Ginkle plays? What's going to happen with Jalen Phillips? You know, how are they going to use him? Are they going to actually use him correctly? But we haven't seen it in the preseason, so it looks like he's barely going to play. Um, and then the blitzes that they can manipulate from from deep, whether that's Brandon Jones, whether that's Eric Rowe, whether that's um, Javon Holland, Jason McCourty. We'll see how they they, they work that. Um uh, oh, Jalen Phillips had a very interesting quote today. Uh, they asked him about the depth chart because he's third on the depth, ch- depth chart. And he said the depth chart is a piece of paper I'm playing. So I don't know what that means, but yeah. it sounded I mean, good means, when he said it. I think it means he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, I suspect he makes zero impact in the game at the weekend, but we'll see. Um, the biggest question for me is the quality of that Patriot offensive line. For, you know, I mean, it's one of the best lines in the league. Um, you know, Trent Brown's had an excellent camp on when he has another year under his belt. They retained David Andrews, you know, so it's, um, you know, how do you get to the quarterback? How do you, you know, can they keep Mac Jones upright? I mean, that's the, that's the critical thing. You know, I suspect they'll run a lot of two tight end sets and you won't know what personnel or what, you know, what plays they're going to be calling out of the two tight end sets. Um, and I think that could cause some confusion on defense in terms of the, the, the personnel that we have on the field. And it only takes a moment for us to have the wrong person on the field, especially out of a continued set when you're, you know, they're running, they're running, they're throwing to tight ends, they're taking a shot, they're running, they're running, you know, they're still using the same personnel. It can be very difficult for for defense. So Jerome Baker's going to have to be on his A game in terms of in terms of those sorts of things. So um, I think it'll be very interesting to see, but the Dolphins have got to get pressure on him because if they, if they sit and allow him just to, to throw the ball all over, he'll do that and you have the not only the backs out of the backfield, you know, all of those backs, Bolden, Harris, obviously James White, JJ Taylor can all catch the ball. The tight ends we know about, Devin Asias, he's played pretty well in camp as well. Obviously Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, uh, you know, question marks over the receivers and Nikhil Harry won't play. Um, you know, but we, we all like Kendrick Bourne, obviously a lot of owners on Nelson Aguilar. It will be interesting to see, but they've got to, they've got to get pressure on him because if they don't, he could sit there and just, you know, throw it all over the yard. Yeah, I'm, I would be interested to see what their approach is going to be on first down because Tua Bailo said something interesting today. He said that he prepares for this game and pretty much every game, but for this game in particular, thinking about how Bill Belichick would stop him. 
And if I'm thinking, if I'm in the Patriots' shoes, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I gotta, I gotta establish the run game, right? But you gotta figure that Miami might sell out on first down to stop the run, just to get the third down to throw all those exotic blitzes at my rookie quarterback. So why wouldn't I just throw more on first down to keep them off balance? So I would be very, very interested in this, in seeing what's the approach on first down. I agree with you. Twelve personnel. It's almost mandatory. Like, I think the Patriots would have to do it. Because I think you, you roll out three wide receivers out there, try to throw it all over the lot, spread the, the field out. I think you're playing like into Miami's hands because that's what they want to do. That's what their personnel dictates. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that 12 personnel and first down, what they do on first down is going to be – it's a mystery to me. I don't know what they're going to do, but if I'm Miami, oh, they're going to max, they're going to max protect and play action, throw over top. I mean, that's what that's, that's not that it's not that big of a mystery. Cause you know, Mac Jones, the thing that he showed that he can do in, in the preseason is he can throw the ball from a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, he was, he was, I mean, I, I, I want to be, I want to be um, complimentary of him uh, for the right reasons here. He was, he was good at that in the preseason. I thought I'm he did follow. Yeah, well, and at Alabama, absolutely. Um, I thought he did fall apart in the preseason. I mean, even forgetting what he was what he was like at Alabama, I thought he did fall apart in the preseason when uh, not only when there was some you know kind of uh, trashy pocket, um, but also when the the man coverage stuck, and and he found. He was finding nowhere immediately to go with the ball, nowhere, nowhere immediately soft. He, all of a sudden, he's patting the football, and he's in there. And and then when he's patting the football, like things start to really fall apart for him because he gets he gets panicky um, when when it's when the time starts going a little bit, and now now pass rushers are starting to breathe down his neck and then he'll turn like the wrong way. You know, there are some guys that just have this like sixth sense about which way to turn, which way to, you know, um, Mm. to, to climb or to, um, to, to scramble, to get out of trouble and stuff like that. I don't think he has that sixth sense. I think he'll turn the wrong way and then have to turn all around and then, you know, that sort of thing. Um, So, so this is given that's what they have at quarterback. What would you do? You know, you're, you're going to max protect. You're going to have 12 personnel in there. You're going to have two tight ends in there. You're going to max protect. And then you're going to throw guys out there, you know, maybe Jacoby Myers um, and, and see if they can get, get open against the, uh, against the man coverage. And, um, and I think that that's what, uh, that's what they're going to do on that first down. That's probably the answer to what, to the dilemma that you were, um, you're posing uh, Alf. And so you know, whether Miami is prepared for that, it's going to be a make or miss situation. You know, either they make the passes or, or they make the coverage happen or, you know, or not. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a mystery to me, but the way you put it, it kind of makes sense, right? Like that's what you want to do with a rookie, right? Get them easy throws on first down, get them good protection, get them into some type of rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the, yeah, I don't think you want to just run it on first down, get stonewalled by Christian Wilkins. And all of a sudden you're facing second and long and now it's third and long. And then here come all those exotic blitzes, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get down to it. Simon, it's prediction time. Who wins? Give me the score. Uh, New England 31, Miami 20. Okay. That's rather disappointing. That would be really disappointing if that's what happened. By the way, Chris, I, I I just see something 
really short, like a 20 to 16 ball game, you know, um, where the, you know, it's, it's over, it's over. And then we can go watch like the fourth quarter of other games. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's, that's, I just see that happening 20 to 16 Miami. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that either. I think that we're going to see something that we haven't discussed and there's no way that they've been preparing this offense all off season and all camp. And they're just not going to unleash it. I will be really disappointed if they went out there wishbone style and tried to run it 50 times against the Patriots. Now, if they ran for 400 yards, that'd be nice. But I think With they're going to let... offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> well, that offensive line wasn't that good last year. They ran for 250 against New England, so... That's fair. They have their moments. I think they're going to let Tua throw the ball, and I think he's going to have some moments against that secondary. I think they have a plan to use these guys in the short passing game, and I think we could break one on them. I think the Dolphins pull away in the fourth and they win this game behind a couple of touchdowns and a pile of Jason Sanders field goals. Let's say three Jason Sanders field goals. So make it 23 to 10 Miami. All right, that's it. The next time we talk to you, we'll be, we'll have results and we'll talk about that game in new England, but till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.